Welcome to the Kennedy Events Podcast, where we feature top marketing, communications, and future of work leaders and share their biggest takeaways and insights. We love these conversations and hope you will too. Let's get started. Hi, Paige Buck here. I am the host of the Kennedy Events Podcast, where I sit down with inspiring event leaders and corporate brand leaders. Today, I'm joined by my partner, Maggie Kennedy. Welcome, Maggie. Hi, I'm so excited to do this with you. And we're also here with John Corcoran of Rise25, who has done thousands of interviews with successful entrepreneurs, investors, and CEOs. We have flipped the script, and he will be interviewing us today. All right, Paige and Maggie, thanks so much for having me here. I'm excited to go through this. So this episode, we're going to talk about a bit of the backstory, the origin story of Kennedy Events, how it got started how you and Paige ended up uh, pairing up uh, both the first time and the second time, and some of the milestones along the way. I'm excited to go through it. But first, before we get into that, this episode is brought to you by Kennedy Events. Kennedy Events creates stress-free conferences and events, providing expert management and design for all of your corporate event needs, from in-person to hybrid and virtual. You can learn more at kennedyevents.com. All right. So, there's this great origin story, which I know because I've known you guys for a number of years now, but flashback 2001. Okay. It's a very different era back then. Uh, Maggie, you had started the company and were in business for about two years at that point. You were focused more on nonprofits um, and you needed some extra help. So you put an ad out where everyone put ads back then, which was Craigslist, got hundreds of responses and somehow Paige rose up from all those different people. So tell me about that, you know, how you ended up, you know, meeting Paige and, and what your memory is of that. And I think it's just a pure luck. I mean, how do you get, I think it was like over 400 inquiries on Craigslist, which was the only option at the time and find a page. It was magical. Um, and I, I remember people replying that had like been CEOs and had all this experience. And what I did, I saw on Paige's resume, she had a lot more experience than I did at the time. And um, I was like, gosh, you can hire somebody who's smarter than you. This is great. So we interviewed and it was immediate fit. Um, but I did have an impending important event coming up. And I said, you have to be available this date. Anybody who did this job has to be available this date. And she said, I'm getting married on the East Coast on that weekend. I'm like, all right, then I will make an exception because you're still so awesome. So <laughs> luckily that went out the window. She was able to get married, seen lots of beautiful photos and um and yeah, so that that's how we first met is through Craigslist. And the ad was basically like, you're working for my home. I lived on the corner of Heat and Ashbury in San, in San Francisco. You know, we shared like the kitchen table with our two laptops and the landline phone. And that was our glamorous start, start to this partnership. And really, we were working from home before work from home was cool. Yeah, that's early days of work. Yes. From home. And Paige, yeah, what is your memory of applying for the job and first meeting Maggie? Uh, well, in, in that vein of like work from home before work from home was cool, we didn't want any of our clients to know we were in a living room um, or that like our first job interview was in a cafe mm -hmm. um, or that, you know, like I picked up Maggie's home mail from her mailbox in the front of the apartment so I could like, walk it upstairs in the morning. Uh, and now that's just how everybody's life is, right? That's just how we all roll. Um, I also... Yeah, I just what I remember and Maggie just touched on it was that we complement each other so much overlap in our experience and our skill set. And then there are these ways. I don't think I would have known what an amazing leadership skill 
it is in Maggie to have that humility and wisdom to say, oh, I'll hire someone who's got more experience than me. If, if the roles were reversed, I would be stuck in that, like, only I and people have to think the way I do. That was and that was my and still is my Achilles heel. Well, I yeah. think it has everything to do with um, last child versus first child. Paige is the oldest and has to know what's going on because she's forging the way and I'm the youngest of four. So I'm like, can somebody else teach me what's going on here? So yeah, it's a very good balance. It's an interesting, you know, observation to to notice that that is a way that that is a way that you are complementary to one another. Um, so you do an initial project and, um, you know, Paige actually ended up about 18 months later, she ends up leaving and, and doing some different projects for a number of years. And then what happened around 2011, Maggie, maybe your kids were a little bit older at that point, or was there a change in the business? Why did you decide at that point, one, I want to really double down on this business. I've been running it for 10 years. I want to grow it faster and further. And I need to give Paige Buck a call who I haven't talked to in a number of years. So Paige and I remained friends. So it wasn't, you know, we were still seeing each other and I have, to, and, you know, she was always right on the, right in my perfect vision and life had changed, you know, I had had kids and they were, I thought they were like launched so much, you know, at that point I had like a five and a three-year-old. It was still, they were still very young, but I thought like, yeah, let's take this from me being an event planner. I think I was just getting more work than I could handle. And Paige was such a natural partner and Paige had been working in businesses with regular paychecks. And for me to be like, come join me as my equal partner and you eat what you kill was a very different approach than people who have been employees forever. So it was a big risk for her to take that. It was a lot to for her to contemplate. But um, it's funny, when I brought Paige on, I thought, and it will just be the two of us and we will be event planners forever. And maybe we'll have a part-time assistant. Never having the foresight that this would grow into a real robust business where I am no longer an event planner. I am now a business owner and a manager. And so um, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I reached out to her, that, that it would just like expand the horizons beyond anything I'd imagine. And it's Paige, not like I was... did. It's not like I did that. We did that. We did um, that. The, the, expanding, the expanding. It got, it got away from us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and Paige, what was your memory of that? You know, you had, you, you saw Maggie around, um, but you were working for other companies. You were doing other projects and then, you know, Maggie, I guess, seemingly out of the blue approaches you about coming on as a partner. I'll, I'll own the fear of that again. Maybe it's, it's that first child, like, uh, you know, accelerated, like I'm going to get a job. I'm going to get an education. I'm going to get a house. I'm going to get a spouse. Uh, and, uh, I've got a 401k and, and four weeks of vacation. And it's real nice that you want me to be your partner and all, but you've got no money. Like hourly would be like 20 bucks an hour, maybe. And you don't necessarily even have enough work for me to, to take on. So it's just like, yeah, you'd come on and you'd get clients and we'd, we'd go. And I'm like, oh, and I don't do sales. Uh, so a ton of fear, just a ton of fear. I was fortunate because I had um, the opportunity to uh, wind down with a nonprofit. I worked for Craigslist Foundation and the team, that worked there could see the writing on the wall. Craigslist wanted to shift from having uh, an operating foundation where they produced a bunch of events and built out tech for nonprofits to just being grant making. They wanted to wind down the operational piece. So we ended up with three months of foresight and then three months of a very gentle landing where I was still gonna have the insurance and the sick pay and the, you know, mm. 
Cobra was going to be paid for 12 months uh, and a spouse who, you know, we, we could like figure this out together. But it, I had a ton yeah. of fear, a ton of fear. Yeah. So the timing ended up working out because because of those two things happening at the same time. Right. Um, and, and also another uh, fortuitous thing that happened was you said, um, you know, Maggie didn't seem to have enough clients, but you before you even formalized the partnership, another client came in. Yes. Yes. So the fall is always a crazy event season. Uh, you know, Maggie and we as a nascent, we had more than could, we could handle. And I still had a full time job, even if it was winding down. And yeah, slow money came to Maggie and said, could you possibly do this event in the next six weeks? We need to hand it off to somebody. Someone's had a death in the family. Uh, and I don't know what in the world we were thinking, saying yes, other than hunger and like, we just want to get going together. We wanted to make something happen. And then it was a multi-day conference at Four Mason Center with a ginormous build out. And so, so what you're saying is six weeks is generally not enough time for a multi-day conference. Generally not enough time. No. <laughs> not a good idea. Not a good idea. Can't recommend it. No. But why not just jump into the deep end together, right? Sure. Because we're masochists. Yeah. Well, I think event planners are masochists and we're yes people. And we, I mean, honestly, we get so excited about the content of an event. I was like, that sounds fascinating. You seem like a great client. How could we say no, even though we don't have enough people working here? So yeah, I think we tend to be yes people based on enthusiasm. And, and you know like, what I remember is that is also how organic growth, how we have like proof of concept for organic growth because we immediately brought somebody else on as a freelancer, brought on another trusted person we knew to come in and project manage that for us. And then kept him around and kept him engaged. And then that would just happen as we grew over and over again, go find another really smart person we know and trust, grow them, build them, empower them. And suddenly we're like, where'd all these people come from? No, yeah. keep, them. <laughs> keep them is the crucial part. And Paige, it's funny since I know you, it's funny to hear you say, I don't do sales. I don't do this. Um, I know you as an entrepreneur. I've always known you as an entrepreneur. Um, I don't see you limited in any of these ways in which you saw yourself limited back then. So talk to me a little bit about the ways in which since you joined back with Maggie again in 2011, the ways in which you've had to grow and you've had to evolve as now a partner in this business. Oh, so many ways. I mean, gosh, I feel like I'm a, a completely, I, I mean, I almost feel like I've gone through like two or three iterations of page. <laughs> in the 10, 11 years that we've been working together again. Uh, but the thing that most stands out to me about that sales fear is that that client that came to us with that six-week turnaround, we took a meeting with them at the Ferry Building, talked for 90 minutes and realized that we hadn't asked, we'd asked them a ton of questions. They hadn't dug in on our expertise. And he was like, I want to hire you. And we were like, but you haven't asked us any questions. He's like, no, I know you have the expertise for us based on the smart questions you've asked me. And I was like, if that's what sales is, maybe I can do that after all. Ask <laughs> smart questions. Cool. Yeah. Like we, we want to dig into your event and that's, that's, that's our sales call is just like, tell me more. And how would you solve this? And we've done it like that. Yeah. Mm. And so over the years, so the, the team grew, you hired more people. Um, 
by early 2012, so you've been there for a little while, you broke into software user and client development conferences, and you kind of realized the conferences was a specialty. So talk a little bit about um, that specialty of doing conferences over the years, how that has evolved. I think both Maggie and I had done those, done conferences in some fashion for more than a decade, but we hadn't identified what a specialty it is to understand that we can take all of the logistics for that, give our client a framework for structuring their content and be an advisor for the content, but free up the client, uh, especially at especially at software companies where it's so specialized to understand what is going to re- what uh, content you need to curate to make a compelling conference happen. They're the best in the world at that. They should do that. They should do audience development. We should do every all of the infrastructure, all of the you know um, scaffolding that goes around that that makes the yeah. event feel like a wonderful experience and run seamlessly. And Maggie, talk to me about um, what it was like for you after you brought on Paige to suddenly go from, you know, you and maybe some freelancers to all of a sudden you've got a partner and you've got much greater capabilities. You can take on these much larger projects. Well, it's interesting because at first and for many years, Paige had her portfolio clients and I my portfolio. So we were collaborating and exchanging and helping each other, but we really owned, we were our own project managers. And it wasn't, and then we would collaborate on the business stuff, you know, like kind of sit in the same seat with that leadership stuff. But it was still, it was really nice. So having a thought partner, because before, you know, unless I go to somebody else's conference and see what it looks like, like I'm just doing it my way and I'm creating the systems my way and having Paige come in with her as a thought partner was, was great. It was invaluable. And so did you find when you teamed up together on projects that was there ever any friction around, well, this is the way I usually do it. And this is the way that you usually do it. And because you kind of, it sounds like you had two different ways of doing something. Yeah. If we don't, I don't really need to dig into my experience before I started my company, but it's safe to say I had about a year under my belt. So anybody teaching me any way to do this was great. I am, maybe it's the youngest child again. Like I am so open to somebody telling me how to, the hacks and the ways to do it. I mean, I like to be the boss too, and I have my my strong opinions, but I am so open to learning from other people. Um, just to say, just just the smart ways from people I trust. So yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was great to have somebody be like, "How about this way? How about that way?" And I have to ask you, okay, having done all these different conferences over the years, what's the craziest, you know, most bizarre <laughs> type of conference? Yeah, I mean, Bay Area is known for some crazy conferences, so. Tell me about it, one of the craziest or strangest or weirdest ones requests you've had. That's such a great question. I can't think of the craziest, but the things that come up will be like, what? Like, hey, let's do a, you know, 800 person tented gala on Treasure Island on a lawn. So no water, no electricity, no power. And then you find out that tents that size need like architectural wind tests, put them on them. And so you become an expert in some really strange things like wattage and electricity and fire marshals and how far seats need to be apart. And I find it all fascinating. But um, so even if the event doesn't seem too crazy, there is always something that you're like, well, I didn't see that gun coming. Or there's my, there's my something to learn this time. Yes. Yes. Well, and sometimes what's great is we've, I think, developed, uh, had the great fortune and, uh, and some intention around having multi-year engagement with clients. Our clients come back to us again and again and again. So what's, great about that is like year one, 
you are learning that at this particular outdoor venue, you need a plan for picking up goose poop. And if you pick it up too far out, then you'll have a new problem the next morning. (laughs) Um, So when you, I mean, our, our, our process is structured enough that we end with a debrief. And when we do that event again, we pick up with that debrief. Like what were the lessons? Our memories are short. Our lives are long. Uh, and you know, oh, right. Goose poop. What's the <laughs> better way to do that this time around? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I, I know a lot of your, uh, clients are, are companies or corporations or large companies. You also have taken on some entrepreneurial clients where they're kind of like visionaries yeah. and, you know, they might have a wide range vision between like, oh, I want 500 people there, or I want 2000 people there, uh, or, you know, they kind of need some guidance in planning what is feasible, what's achievable. So talk a little bit about um, what that, what, how that's um, evolved for you as a company. Sure. So I can think of like, there's, there is a profile of person who is either a CEO or a CMO of a early to mid range startup with funding that says, uh, we need to go have a conference. That's going to be, you know, it's going to be a core pillar in our marketing strategy. It's going to be the long tail of customer engagement year over year. We're going to do year one, or we've done it once. And it was a couple hundred people in a ballroom. Now we're going to blow it out of the water. Dreamforce, we're coming for you, which is both um, fantastic and ridiculous. Like, you're not going to be Dreamforce. The likelihood that your product is as ubiquitous as Salesforce is incredibly small. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so some of it is that realistic, like level setting with a client. Um, And what happens in that often is like, and we're going to have 2000 people. And then next year, we're going to 10x it. And we have to talk about what that actually looks like for building internal and external resources and infrastructure. Um, And sometimes we have to have, it's taught us how to have tough conversations about decision-making with clients because you can't be four weeks out from the event and be undecided for your budget and your floor plan and your catering orders, whether you're having 2000 people there or 1000 people there, you can have backup plans, but you have to have a core plan. And so we've learned how to have those tough conversations. And now it's much easier. And we find people are coming to us again and again to help navigate those conversations with their team, with their bosses. And Maggie, I know one of the things you've had to do is you've had to build out expertise within your team with uh, you know people who are experts in electrical and experts in, in power and plumbing and uh, seating formations. and. Uh, goose poop pickup and uh, all those different things. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, I think that the expertise, I don't, I'm not sure if we have a plumber on, on staff just yet, but um, the expertise comes from experience. So the first time you do a picnic in a park that's just covered in goose poop, you realize, you know, is there a vendor who will clean this up so I don't have to, like our team doesn't have to. And then you're an expert in that. And so there are these levels where really we learn by doing. And then we started hiring people who came in with catering expertise and decor expertise, and that's been next level for us, is that people come in who have already learned this stuff, have their best practices, have a natural talent for it or passion. You know, we have like professional, we train chefs who are picking out our menus now. And and, um, and so then we know when we land a client, let's give speaker management to this person who's just a wizard at it and decor at this one. And, and so we're able to 
divide up the labor depending on their expertise and the team gets to do what they love. We're always cross-training, always. And I don't think anybody wants to live in like complex signage execution, you know, like signs over like hotels and tents and everything. Um, they don't think, so everybody learns all the different all the different parts of events, but some people just have these amazing expertise and natural talents that we tap into. Yeah. Um, and then final question, Paige, as we run out of time here, um, you guys cover a range of different types of events, but what is, what's in your wheelhouse now? What's, what's an ideal type of event for Kennedy events? Well, it, it dovetails perfectly with conferences and it um, is something we've started doing more and more of over the years. And now that Lots of companies are, you know, future of work and back to work does not look like thousands of people in one building over many floors. All hands are all hands writ large are something companies are struggling with, craving, uh, trying to grapple with what how what's the right thing that doesn't feel like a boondoggle and feels very purposeful. We love those because we have zero interest in planning events that don't have a purpose. Uh, they don't have outcomes or don't create community and connection. So all hands gathering your entire team somewhere for meaningful conversation and camaraderie and getting aligned on goals and objectives for the next quarter, year, whatever, are both our favorite and we're perfectly positioned to help you with them. Really great. Just to jump in, I think because at Kennedy Events, Paige and I are so keen on keeping our culture a place we want to want to work. That when we have the opportunity to help a company do that for their people, we just love it. That's the most. That's some of the most rewarding work we do. That's great, um, Paige. Where can people go to learn more about you, Kennedy Events? Connect with you guys. Uh, it's easy, KennedyEvents.com. Excellent. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Events Podcast. Come back next time and be sure to click subscribe to get future episodes.